Speak seductively. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle Cannon, erotic fiction author, naturist, and swinger. And I'm Lily Cannon, book cover model, audiobook narrator, naturist, and swinger. And you're listening to the Speak Seductively podcast. I have an erotic fiction series called The Photographer's Story and over 15 erotic novellas on Amazon. Two themes in my work are the promotion of a sex-positive lifestyle and the development of strong, sexually confident female characters. My writing has been described as slow foreplay, building until the reader is breathless with need. You can find my novels and short stories on Amazon. They're all free with Kindle Unlimited. We want to welcome you to another exciting and informative edition of Speak Seductively. We use this platform to promote other authors, talk about sex and relationships. Please be aware, we will be discussing adult topics from sex to the swinging lifestyle and more. Our approach is always classy, but be ready for frank conversations. Our guests are frequently erotic authors or those in the lifestyle. Our guest today is blogger, fellow podcaster, and the writer of product descriptions for adult toys, Amanda Chen. Amanda's podcast is a fascinating look at modern relationships, personal success, gender, and sex called The Miss Amanda Chen Show. Amanda's story is fascinating, and we can't wait to bring it to you. Please join us in welcoming Miss Amanda Chen. Hi, everyone. I'm Kyle. And I'm Lily, and today our special guest is Amanda Chen. So, Amanda, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So, I'm Amanda. I own a business called Salty Paloma. It's a line of artisan salts and sugars, and we also have a pretty COVID-friendly new revenue stream where we offer cocktail kits, virtual classes um, as well. So, So that's kind of uh, one side of my business. And then on the other side, I'm a life coach. I focus a lot on female entrepreneurs, mainly in the creative spaces. And then I also have a podcast called The Miss Amanda Chen Show, where I talk about tough conversations on just, just general aspects of our relationships and how our relationships contribute to our understandings of our own self-worth. That's awesome. We we uh, listened to your intro to the podcast last night. Um, mm-hmm. We we were kind of pushed back a little bit because I don't know if you knew this, but Anchor had a, a major issue and they were down for a couple of days, so we weren't actually on our podcast. But um, and then we skimmed through some of the others that you have up there. I, and last night we were talking. We just think that the premise is amazing. Can you? Uh, tell the listeners a little bit about what you're doing with that podcast and and the episodes you have so far. Yeah, absolutely. So I've, I've been a journalist 10 years ago, basically, and I kind of escaped that space and went into different career paths. And now I've gone full circle back into the interviewing game. And I started this new season I'm calling 100 Masked Men. And as I said earlier, I'm really focused on female empowerment. And I used to conduct a lot of interviews and events and fundraisers for charities that were specifically focused at women's issues. And although I created a really cool, safe community of like-minded women, Mm -hmm. I wasn't really contributing to helping us improve our interactions with other people of the opposite sex. And I was really isolating men from the conversation and just 
outlining all the things that people were doing wrong rather than trying to find a way for us all to come together and understand both sides of the story so that we can all make our own educated decisions on how to engage with people moving forward. Yeah, that's amazing. We feel like everything we do with this podcast and all the authors, the erotic authors and BDSM authors and everyone that we have been interviewing, our our mission with our podcast is to inform and and make things um, an open topic, an open conversation that it's not a it's not a taboo topic and sex isn't a taboo topic and um, that sex positivity aspect of it. And we also really believe in the empowering women thing because Kyle's books are all um, really strong women characters. And it's it's funny to have a I think a male author sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. People are surprised that uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Kyle Cannon is a male author and that we do this podcast together as husband and wife. And I get so many people writing to me as an author saying, thinking that I'm a woman using a male name. name. Yeah. Or they think it's me. Really? I'll, I'll, yeah. Do, yeah. I'll do some <laughs> kind of promotion or, you know, I do a lot of the advertising stuff for him. And, you know, my my character, my Lily character, right, on social media and stuff. Um, so they'll send him messages and think that I'm the one who's writing the books and all of that. And so what we try to get out there all the time is that I support all the books and I I am this Lily character, but um, that Kyle is the one, you know, he's, he's doing the women empowerment and he's doing like all of the um, writing these really fantastic characters and, um, Loosely based on me, I think, but <laughs> yeah, and and it is, and I mean, and definitely, I'd say not so loosely based on her, especially on the the personality part. But um, yeah, I I get I don't know if I'm going to express this well, but I have an issue with so many of the romance and erotic books that are out there that make women seem like victims or that they Mm -hmm. stumble into the relationship or stumble into sex and they really didn't want to, but. Or they need the man in some way. So. Exactly. Yeah. But we, the other thing. I think it's, yeah. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I really appreciate that in, I've always been trying to help others get off script because we've been scripted such a long time to follow Mm -hmm. the status quo and the expectations where I think it's good to have another person write in reference to another person's perspective. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because maybe you're able to verbalize that better or in a more or draw it out differently than the way that we've already, we've normally been reading it as. Well, and and I think the other, uh, one of the other things that drew us to your podcast was uh, talking about relationships. And mm-hmm. um, that that's a key part to what we do with the podcast and, and the writing is we, we want to talk about relationships as they need to be true partnerships. And um, communication, the communication mm-hmm. part is key. We've had people who've emailed us and asked us questions when we do some of our live stuff about uh, we're we're naturists and nudists first, but we we also have been involved in swinging. And they the question that I think we both cringe at is how do I get my partner to do that? How do I convince my partner to do these things that you guys talk about? Right. Okay. You don't convince. You You just ask the wrong question. Like if that's the way you're wording it, then 
already messed messed the uh, the relationship up. So, um, but I'm curious on your podcast. You you call them 100 masked men. If I got that right, have you have you mm-hmm. uncovered anything that you would call truths so far? Anything you want to share? So what I find really interesting is I made it anonymous because I figured that a lot of men would be uncomfortable or just fearful of speaking to a strong female feminist in case I would just, you know, bite their head off or something. And I was definitely that character originally. So I can, I can sympathize with that. But what I realized is even though they are behind a mask, you know, and and they're being interviewed anonymously, they're still uh, prescribing how they're going to speak to me. Mm -hmm. So it takes a while for them to, bring down their barriers and finally be truthful with me. So I, I did notice that there's still a lot of um, safe play, you know, there, everyone's giving me the safe answers until we kind of dig deeper. And uh, what I've learned is if I lead with vulnerability and showcase a story as an example of something mm-hmm. that happened to me, hoping that that would get them to respond on their point of view, you know, so that we can kind of get a debate going. Have you, have you had a lot of success with that? Yeah, actually it's, it's amazing how much people will open up because people always just mirror what you're doing basically. So if you're going to lead with vulnerability and you're going to talk about subjects that you've been hurt before, then hopefully they'll talk about moments where they've been hurt before or misunderstood or where was the miscommunication. And I think the biggest thing that I've realized is women have been taking a lot of responsibility for the movement of a relationship, whether Mm -hmm. that's like, where are we? Or this is an ultimatum. It's gotta be this or that. Mm -hmm. And that's only the time when the men kind of make the decision. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm challenging men now to be more intentional upfront and say, I want my relationship to be like this. Maybe I, I want it to be open or I don't see you as a relationship. I just see you as a physical object. Are you uh, these are my limitations. And if you just voice that out from the get-go, instead of doing some kind of like pseudo friend zone thing yeah. where I manipulated, or I think that we have this type of relationship and then they try to change it on me. So I think like you just said earlier about um, people asking, how did they get your life? You know, it's about, oh, well, they've already been interacting in this version of a life and they're trying to change their partner right. yeah. to be something else when they should have just said from the get this is my intentions. This is my ideal sex life and my ideal lifestyle. Are you in or are you out? And, yeah. you know, offer that choice to partner to make the decision for themselves instead of forcing them, you know, convincing them or whatever they they need to do to think that they have to do in order to get someone to respond the way that they want them to. Right. And so many of the authors that we have interviewed and many of the podcasts that we have already done um, have that same perspective. There, there is a community of people who are trying to get that, that, uh, perspective out there where it's, you can, you can talk about things and you can be honest instead of going behind somebody's back or being manipulative in the relationship where you're trying to get somebody to do something you want them to do, whether it's sexually or anything. Um, because especially we've talked to the BDSM authors and, you know, we've learned a lot about that community and what 
what it takes to communicate and to have everyone being an equal player. Um, because I think that a lot of, uh, there's a lot of misunderstanding of that entire community and that it's, you know, this abusive kind of relationship and, um, but it's not, it's, it's absolutely not. It's very much of a communication relationship and both people are aware of their roles. From the people we've talked to who are really into it, the, mm-hmm. the one thing, the message we keep getting, and we've talked to people from England and Canada and, mm-hmm. and Australia who are in, in the community. And the, the key point for them is communication between Uh, you know, if you're going to be in a relationship like that, the dom and the sub and Mm -hmm. setting clear rules and guidelines before you ever get into the relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think with our, with Kyle and I's relationship too, um, the entire thing that we always say on our podcast, and it comes through in the photographer story, the uh, series of books that novels that Kyle wrote, um, that we talk about if you're intentionally trying to hurt someone, Um, If your intention is to cheat on them, um, that's different. That's different Mm -hmm. than communicating that you want to bring someone else into your sex life or you want to bring in toys or you want to bring in, you know, these, these things. But if you're doing that to try to find something else, then um, that's where the, the communication breaks down. So um, we're all about the, the getting, getting those perspectives out there and making sure that they're heard. Do you think um, from what you, I'm sorry, I jumped right in there. Um, in your interviews, do you find that there's dishonesty on both parts, male and female and going into a relationship? And maybe that's the wrong way to put it, but both are looking for something a little different and they're not communicating it to one another. Oh, a hundred percent. I think everyone is seeking romance Whereas people will hope for the connection or the moment or the chemistry. And it's all about everything working out perfectly in this Hollywood movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. When you, ent- when you enter a relationship like that and you build up these expectations of like, you got to feel these butterflies, you have to feel a certain way. And that's all you're focusing on. You're not actually having the real conversations about the intentions of the relationship that you want and need, what insecurities you do have, how can you work together on communicating these insecurities that you might have, talk about your past, talk about your desires for the future, and then figure out if that's a viable relationship for you. Like it should be more of an interview style or situation rather than feeling the moment and, you know, one (laughs) thing leading to the other kind of concept. I think people are just so caught up in that moment and not wanting to ruin the magic by having an awkward conversation. The Hallmark movie um, relationship that everyone seems to think is like out there. (laughs) I I also, I I wonder if having prior bad relationships helps if like, and and I'll use Lily and I as an, as examples, we, we both sort of came out of negative relationships Mm -hmm. and I, I don't know what happened to both of us to make this possible, but when we got together, we were like, you know, let's cut the BS and just be honest with each other. And yeah. Not, like I, I put it into my wedding vows to not be passive aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Like, like to not be that person anymore because I recognized it in myself and I recognized how damaging that was. 
Um, and so I wrote it into my house that I promised him I would never be passive aggressive with him. I think we were both kind of the same way. I, you know, I similar in my wedding vows, but, um, but yeah, I think it's important to be able to recognize that. I, I was curious, do you, you, when we were emailing and I noticed you mentioned a little bit of this on your podcast about a, a negative relationship you had, um, can you share a little about that and how that's impacted your life? Mm, there's been a couple, actually. I think the biggest problem I've always had is being a strong and independent person or a woman specifically, how that might affect a man's ego in -hmm. his relationship with me. So when I first started writing journalism, I had my own blog. This was about 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I wrote about relationships and sex. And sometimes I might talk about our sex life. Sometimes I might not. Um, He convinced me that I shouldn't be writing about these subjects, that this should all be private Mm. and made me shut down the blog. Um, And I I feel like I see this guy with me all the time because Mm -hmm. jumpstart another couple of years later, I started my company, Salty Paloma. And originally I just was making artisan salts at home and he didn't want to spend the weekend at a local market to sell my products. He was like, well, how much do you plan to make at that market? And I was like, I don't know, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> and he would say, well, you a hundred bucks. So we send, spend the weekend with me. Oh, gosh. Kind of like, uh. like take away the whole point of the exercise, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, most recently now, I think, um, the last person I was with, I guess you can call this a situationship, you know, very 2020 <laughs> me. And I, I finally, after a couple of years, was just like, I've been working so much on myself and I've been apologizing and improving myself on my own engagement style and how I interact with people. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I just kept changing and changing and growing. And then I kind of just said, Hey, are we on the same page here? And he was like, I don't think so. I, th- I think you're just moving too fast for me. Mm. And, but he didn't say it exactly in that sense. He just got yeah. really closed off and didn't want to talk to me and got sure. all weird. So I think it's uh, an amalgamation of all of those guys. And I think now I used to be very upset about this, but now I feel so much compassion for them. I just feel bad that they can't actually be open in their lives and mm-hmm. that they, they have to keep that hidden from the rest of the world because they think maybe they don't deserve love or whatever it is that they haven't solved yet about themselves that they they, have to project this need to control women for whatever reason or they don't know what it really is yeah yeah or yeah that there's this and and i think you said it earlier that everyone has this very bizarre uh picture of what a relationship should be that there's this um perfect way that everyone should be as a, and, and just like a couple, just any Mm -hmm. couple should behave Mm -hmm. in this certain way. And, um, trying to, trying to break that and trying to break out of that mold and get people to realize that it's, it doesn't, doesn't have to be that, uh, it doesn't have to be structured. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a, a relationship has to be flexible because both people are growing and, if you don't adjust, then you're breaking the relationship. Exactly. Do you feel like being a journalist that your blog is a bit of a research project? Do you think you'll do anything else with it? I hope so. 
I hope that it'll at least just bring enough knowledge to the world. Like there will be some common trends that we can expand on further. I'm hoping that after the hundred men, I can launch a second season where I might unmask some of the more popular episodes Mm -hmm. or even go into panel style interviews Mm. where it'd be a group of like-minded people against another group of another minded group and see if this could be more of a debate. I don't know. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Get, get them to have that, that open conversation that now that you've talked to the hundred men, um, having them maybe say those things out loud to women who may have have an opposite view or maybe even a similar view, like a woman who has had a similar experience or been in some kind of uh, situation that the the men talk about and have them maybe have that open conversation with each other um, so they can mm. they can show the world that it's okay <laughs> to have those conversations with other human beings. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And it's not crazy. It's right. It's pretty normal to have. And we should all do this more often. Yes, absolutely. I, I would love to hear some of the men that you, you, you're interviewing now a year later and know and find out if they had any growth or any thoughts changing from the time they did the interview to, you know, yeah. over the months. Yeah, that'd be really cool. So um, switching gears a little bit, um, when we were talking, uh, you mentioned you had a fascinating job getting out of college. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to school for English and I wanted to create some kind of portfolio, I guess. So that's what everyone did in 2010 is start their own blog, start writing about a subject matter. Awesome. And I would just keep pitching to a bunch of magazines on just relationship stuff. I wanted to be Carrie Bradshaw. Ah, okay. <laughs> and here I am writing all these relationship focused um, blogs. And I went with a friend into a sex toy shop. And this is back then when e-commerce was just beginning. Ah. So I went there with a little digital camera and I filmed walking into the shop, picking up a toy and taking it home and opening it. So it's basically the beginning of those unboxing videos (laughs) I see on on YouTube and I unpacked it and I turned it on and just talked about it a little bit and then I posted it on YouTube and the owner of that sex toy shop there's a a bunch of them in hi everyone this is Lily Cannon and I hope you were enjoying the podcast I promised to get you back right away, but I had to take a moment and remind you to check out Kyle's books on Amazon. One of my favorites, Naughty Christmas Cards, is, well, about gifts. Very special adult gifts. Just go to Amazon to get your copy of Naughty Christmas Cards, free with Kindle Unlimited. Did I mention that there's an audio version read by yours truly? Wow, it's hot if I do say so myself. To learn more about Kyle and his work, follow him on Twitter at Kyle Cannon Author, on Instagram at Kyle Cannon Fiction, or Facebook, look for Kyle Cannon. All his books are available on Amazon. Just search for, you guessed it, Kyle Cannon. Now back to our podcast. In Canada, it's, it's nationwide. Mm-hmm. And he contacted me through YouTube asking if I'd like a job once I finished school. So... <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was very interesting. I ended up taking the job. It was for an executive assistant role. I didn't really know what to expect. 
I guess it's what any everyone's first job is, you know, right, kind of right. as a small hourly wage and very micromanaged with whoever <laughs> you're assisting for. Right. And so I was in the head office and all I was doing was just shuffling papers around and I had a lot of free time. Mm. So they were slowly building up the e-commerce site and I offered to write all of their descriptions just okay. so that I could have writing samples. So I wrote yeah. all of the product descriptions. And if you can this factory, it's kind of like a Costco and there's just <laughs> aisles and aisles and aisles and rows of different categories of sex toys. And you would go there with a, the cart and just pull off different types of products. And every Monday I would have a shopping cart full of new products that I would have to write new descriptions for over the week. So it, it was hilarious that, um, that's what my office looked like on a regular yeah. basis. So you were a sex toy copywriter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That, that's amazing. And I think, yeah. Yeah. I think what was really funny about it is that it's more of a technical writing job than it is a fun journalist right. or copywriting job. So there was a lot of boring technical stuff that we had to do. Like how long does this product last for? And we'd always have to give them a range like, oh, this product lasts for like four to eight hours, which means we'd have to keep it on for (laughs) four to eight hours. And then we'd have to charge it and then count how long it's charging. So literally all of the outlets were were Mm -hmm. used being charged and there was timestamps for everything. And basically there's just vibrators all over the office. (laughs) Luckily it was carpeted. Otherwise, that'd be really annoying throughout the day. Right? That's, yeah, this yeah. is all coming out of your office all that's, day long. That's hilarious. <laughs> so what came, out, what came out of that? Did, did that like snowball into something else? Or was that just a gateway job into just being a, well, and I keep saying journalist, but being a writer, being a blogger? So I offered to write all of their press releases for any new products. Mm-hmm. And this company, they are called BMS and what they actually are is what I would consider like the IBM that you get in like the chip that you have in laptops. Oh, okay. It's like the chip of vibrators. Okay. So it's like the, the motor and okay. uh, they were the original ones that created the, the power bullet. Oh, so okay. yeah. So if you find the power bullet um, it's, it'll say it's made by BMS enterprises. And so I had to write all of these kind of business media press releases on stuff like that. So I was, t- I was speaking a lot about the industry itself. And we finally decided we're, we're going to open up our own line of sex toys. Why not? You yeah. know, since we're already providing the batteries, let's make our own line of sex toys. So I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. Cal Exotics, um, Vanity. There's like 12 different products. Okay. In Canada, it's actually called Swan. And there's okay. 12 different products. And instead of like the purple, it's uh, the bright pink. So okay. Cal Exotics got the exclusivity of having it um, for the U.S. and probably rest of the world. I'm not sure. Uh, oh. But definitely for the U.S., uh, they had exclusivity at Cal Exotics for that. But I got to actually name all of the different swans. So oh, wow. <laughs> and this is my very first um, portfolio into real copywriting when I started to get into advertising. And I used that as my first product portfolio and they like there was the black swan there was the angel swan I don't even remember what they were all but they had personalities to it and nice. reasons for why they were shaped these ways um I had to talk to the factory in China because I was able I was the only one that could speak Mandarin mm-hmm. and they would send us pieces of motors to 
gauge whether or not it was too strong or not strong enough or anything like that. Um, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. And we, we had a designer on site that would make mock-ups of the designs yeah. of, of the toys. And I think this was in 2010, it was the beginning of dual motors. Oh. So that was how, how long ago dual motors began. But um, yeah, having two motors basically from that have the ability to vibrate on separate buttons, basically. Yeah, yeah, or different yeah. speeds. So basically turbocharged vibrators. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I bet that was um, a, a great icebreaker interview question. So tell us about your last job kind of thing. Like, how does that <laughs> so I see on your resume here, yeah. that you named a bunch of vibrators. So can you tell us? Yeah. What a, what a fun, <laughs> fun, like just fun story, fun life experience. I, I love those kinds of things. You mentioned that in Canada, there, there's like a chain of uh, toy stores. And I was thinking here in the U.S., I don't know that we really have a coast to coast chain, or you may know better than, than you probably would know better than we would, but I, my question was going localized, to localized. I think we yeah. definitely have localized stores, but um, do you find we've talked to a lot of BDSM uh, authors who are from Canada? Do you find that Canada's, I, I guess, sexual mores are a little more relaxed? I mean, are you more comfortable talking about sex? And yeah, do you feel like in Canada there's maybe a little more openness to sexuality? I don't think so. I think okay. in the general North American space, mm -hmm. I, I would kind of lump Canada and the States together. Okay. Um, yeah. In the, in the sense that like it's private stuff, you shouldn't talk about it too much. Yeah. I think we will sexualize people like through pop culture and media in that sense. But mm -hmm. when it comes down to your own personal discussions on sex, I think people are more open to talking about sex in 2020, mm -hmm. but we are a long way to go in terms of talking about masturbation or self-pleasure. That's mm -hmm. still something that a lot of people haven't discovered yet for themselves. Or they're not willing to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. That too. We've um, another piece of this, uh, our podcast and the writing is to, to try to get people to open up more about it. And we're very honest that we have to keep this side of our lives away from uh, the the more public side of our lives because mm -hmm. our friends and family just wouldn't get, not only wouldn't get it, but they would probably run screaming. And careers. And I mean, we are, we are two different like couples. Like mm -hmm. we are, we are our, like who, I yeah. guess maybe who we really are. And then we're our work people. Like we are our mm -hmm. uh, work uh, characters, you know, we we go to our jobs and perform our jobs as one set of people, and then um, our family and friends know that set of people, and then we have our nudist friends and our naturist friends, and um, when we go to the resorts and things, like we just say we're going on vacation, and you know, <laughs> we don't ever tell anyone like our address yeah. where we'll be, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> and it's frustrating for us, but yeah. it's it's also the reality that we live in, and we try to change it a piece at a time. But um, yeah, and there may be a day where we'll say f at all, and we'll just tell <laughs> every. But 
but it's hard. It's very, very hard to, to talk about those. Like we have a podcast where we literally, and, and Kyle writes these books and we promote all this stuff, but we are still maybe a bit of hypocrites with what we promote. And then we also sit back and say, yeah, but we wear masks in our videos and we, you know, everything we put out there, we try to hide who we really, really are. Um, because we're afraid of the backlash that's going to come from it because it won't be accepted. But you sound like you handled it much different uh, from our our brief emails back and forth. Um, How did you approach telling friends and family that, you know, you were, you were writing a copy for uh, adult toys? Yeah, it was very positive. A lot of people thought it was weird. (laughs) The only ones that did not approve were obviously boyfriends at the time Mm -hmm. because they thought I was just oversharing or anything like that. Mm. I was just out of fear of the unknown, afraid to tell my parents because Mm. I thought, oh no, my parents are just going to be super conservative. And I had this huge um, storage box under my bed (laughs) of just so many toys, just toys that Mm. were discontinued or whatever. And whenever my friends would come over, we would just go through the the bin of all these discarded toys and then they'll just take a, a couple home yeah you know just, just for fun because they're samples or whatever they are and they would always get in trouble because they would say they would go home and then their boyfriend would be like why'd you bring all these toys home like what is Amanda trying to say to you uh, and that's when I realized anyone that is afraid or has a problem is because they think the toys are a symbol of a threat mm, you know an intimidation they're intimidating yeah right? yeah And I thought originally it was about their performance, but then I realized they're just afraid. They're, they're focusing on me, Amanda, as a threat, because I'm going to show my friends that they're better off without them. Mm. And you don't need a vibrator to prove that. Right. But they're just, you know, assuming that I'm, I'm opening them up to some new experience that makes them feel less than. And I think that's been a huge issue with um, how, people feel about their sexual performance. You know, like no one ever wants to be told that they're, they're bad at sex or that they can't satisfy their partner in any way. So anything that's even having the conversation about improvement on performance issues Mm -hmm. on sex, I think is already going to cause that, that problem. But um, I was very surprised at how easy it is to talk about masturbation, Mm -hmm. because if you don't do it, then you don't talk about it. If you do do it, then you can talk about it. But it doesn't have the same level of stigma as an actual sexual performance with another human being. Mm. So I, I kind of escaped that a bit and had a, more, a bit more of a positive experience. That's really interesting that uh, seeing it as a uh, an intimidation or as a thing that is a comment on performance instead of seeing it as a way to enhance the right. experience and seeing it as a way to play together um, and not seeing it as a, I also think on it's how it's approached. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, and again, I go back to the, the openness and the honest honesty. If, if you stumble across your girlfriend's vibrator, you may wonder, is that there because I'm not satisfying her, Mm -hmm. um, rather than have the open conversation about, uh, Hey, let's play with this in addition together. Yeah. How to show me how you use this. <laughs> um, yeah, I definitely had a different experience because 
I was already known on my resume mm-hmm. for writing about sex toys. Mm-hmm. So if I didn't have sex toys, that would be weird. <laughs> so I think with anyone that does meet me, they're just like littered all over the, the place. So that's how I feel comfortable as like, that's just a piece of me now. So littered all over the place. Do you use any of them as art? I mean, can you display them? I do. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Um, we're actually going to be um, unboxing our own. Um, we have somebody who's um, a company who's asking us to do a review. My God, I couldn't think of the word. Um, mm-hmm. Asking us to do a review. So we're going to have a shipment here in a few days. We just thought it was hilarious because we they, they contacted us uh, and it's kind of a tentative, let's see how this goes mm-hmm. thing. And then, and then we, we made the connection to go ahead and do the podcast, but we've, we've been talking and joking about how we're going to do this and it should be fun. Yeah. Do a fun unboxing, like the, yeah. the new, the new YouTube thing, apparently. And here we really are like, learning from the expert. I know, I know on how to <laughs> write about sex. I'll have to email you yeah. and ask before I, <laughs> I give my like overall review. I'll have to ask if it sounds okay. yeah absolutely I think Uh, um in my prime when I was uh writing for for Cosmo magazine we would always get sent these like stats for like the new Cosmo Sutra positions mm -hmm. and they would always send these all all agency emails saying does anyone want to test out the next calendar year of Cosmo Sutra positions (laughs) and review it and tell us what they think and it was it's just so funny that no one would want to tell anybody. That's why we had to send an all agency email oh and my hope God. that they would like forward it to someone else because everyone was just too embarrassed to talk about their sex life, <laughs> even though it was Cosmo magazine. So right, even though that's like what Cosmo does is just talk about sex. <laughs> but I think that, exactly that's such a part of our society and our culture. Oh gosh, that... it so much is like that. And I guess you know, saying North American culture, mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're so prude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious. I, yeah, and I, I, I don't know what it is. It's like we, we link that with, uh, and it is a very personal thing, but we almost expect to be, um, uh, I don't know. But you know, we do talk about it. And when we talk about it, it's scandal. Yeah. It's, yes, exactly. This person had an affair and they need to go see a sex therapist. And like, there's the sex addict thing that happens in Hollywood. And now they're on like a 10 step program on how to like curb mm-hmm. their addiction to sex. And like there we do, we do talk about it and we are kind of obsessed with it. Like the Kardashians and Kim's sex tape and like all the things that make people the pseudo fame, this like pseudo famous. Um, we have, we're perfectly fine talking about it that way. Um, and making somebody famous for all of their exploits or cheating on people or having affairs or divorcing because of affairs. But if somebody's like, yeah, I have an open relationship and my partner is totally fine. If I, you know, have sex with someone else in front of them, then we're like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and, and I think that I was <laughs> too much. To, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's where I was trying to go. I couldn't find the words to, you know, put wrap that up, but if you have, if you're into swinging, you have to be weird. If you're into using toys, you there's got to be an issue with you. And mm-hmm. 
but if you have an affair, oh, that's, you know, that's just the way it is. And no, you know, people, that's just human nature. We just, what? Like, <laughs> but we've met so many people, you know, I, I hate to use the term normal, but we've met so many regular couples at uh, nudist resorts, um, you know, ministers and stuff like that there with their wives. And it's, you know, but, but they all feel a need to hide it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if you go back and and you're open with your family about the things that you do, people are like, mm, that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's sad. It is sad. It's sad what we what we have to hide. But we're hoping with our podcast we can maybe make people more aware and more open and maybe someday we'll have a little more of a an open conversation and community with, with and I, sex talk. I love the fact that your podcast is hitting it head on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like having those tough conversations. And I think we're just afraid of the judgment of like being exiled of thinking like, oh my God, we're weird or unusual. But the truth is everyone's freaky in their own way. Mm -hmm. People, we're just not talking about it for whatever. We're just afraid of that person's freaky versus our version of freaky. (laughs) Whereas if we just all said what it was, then you'd be, you'd be able to find your community so much faster. Instead of like going through these like seedy back alleys to go find Mm -hmm. that type of person that you're looking for, that's open enough to speak about it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's why we love the naturist and nudist community um, and involved in the resorts and clubs and groups that we're involved in with the naturist and and nudist stuff, because that community is so open and free. And they're like, there's a, a really big part of that community who they're like, yeah, my kids know. And um, there are some resorts that are family friendly. And so you do see parents bringing their kids and it's like, yeah, this is the human body. This is what we do. This is all natural. It's totally fine. And like, you know, those are, those are the places where we feel really comfortable, but it is just a, it's a natural part of life. Like this is just, you know, human form and all of that. And then, um, yeah. And then the, the other, um, like sexual parts of things too, but mm-hmm. Um, but we've taken, we've taken a whole lot of time. So, (laughs) um, tell our listeners where, where they can find you, where they can connect with you. What are you, um, what do you want people to come out and listen to or pick up or whatever it is? Tell our listeners what, what to find. Yeah, sure. You can find my podcast at Miss Amanda Chen. It's called the Miss Amanda Chen show. You can find it in any platform you want. Um, and I am always looking for more men to interview. I am almost a quarter of the way through the hundred mass men. So if you do know of any, anyone, or you want to be on the show, please let me know. You can send me a message at Miss Amanda Chen on Instagram. You can also get in touch with me on my website at missamandachen.com. Okay. And we'll definitely, we'll include all of that in the podcast description. Mm -hmm. So everybody, uh, if you didn't catch all of that, you can just go back to the description and we'll have it set up as a link and you can you can find all that information. And we are so happy to have had you today, Amanda. This was an incredibly enlightening and I'd love to continue to hear about the podcast and mm-hmm. um, I'm really interested to see where it goes and um, start listening to The 100 Men. Um, the masked men and <laughs> see what happens to that. But if you wouldn't mind coming back sometime to kind of maybe update us and let us know what yeah. happens with it. Yeah, we would love that. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Okay. And I need to know 
you know, how, what happens with your box of toys that you guys open? I know, <laughs> I know. Try out. <laughs> it's it, it, yeah, it's funny. I mean, we're we're definitely looking forward to that. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as it, much as much as we can be. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Amanda. If you could hold on for just a second. Welcome to Speak Seductively. If you were listening and would like to support us, please follow the link to make a donation. Our goal is to bring better quality and more guests. Your support always helps. Speak seductively.